deception in the church, part nine, the belt of truth. So what I've been attempting to do over the series is to expose to you how the enemy comes in and uses different methods to attack four key elements in Scripture. And if you violate these four key elements in Scripture, I'll walk away from you. No questions asked and uh, no excuses given. And that is, who is Jesus, the Word of God, uh, Calvary and the work of the cross, and behavior, sanctification and godly behavior. So we've done so far, we've done an introduction. We've gone in and we've looked at a theory that comes out, Gnosticism, that attacks Jesus, and now we've been dealing with the Word of God. I'm about to finish off my section dealing with the Word of God, and I've shown you how the enemy comes in and attacks the Word of God over the last couple of sermons. Carolyn will come in, and now she's going to come in and preach regarding the Word itself, and that will wrap up the aspect of the Word, and then what I'll do is I'll talk about the cross and the work of the cross, what is sin, how do, how, do, how do we get rid of sin in our lives, the work of the cross in our lives? And then we'll end off with the uh, uh, behavior and, and, and godly behavior. The video at the end of this, you'll probably see a few more clips like this when we deal with behavior, but it's going to be a bit of an eye-opener for you as well. So today I want to talk to you about the belt of truth. Um, depending on who you listen to, depending on where you get your information from, the church is in a very, very bad state. Uh, apostasy is on the rise, and um, it looks like we're headed into the last hours of the last day before the Lord comes. Deception of the elect, if possible, is before our very eyes, and it's taking place. Now, here's my thing. Not that this error is new, but suddenly for me, it just seems to be coming up everywhere. Wherever I look, wherever I turn, this deception, it just seems to be on the rise, and there is this massive invasion of the new age into the church. For example, the emergent church, talking about um, global pluralism, it talks about the deconstructing of God's word, and anything goes. We're looking at the introduction, and we've seen numerous video clips on the demonic being allowed into worship services. We are looking at the focus on signs and wonders and on experiences rather than pointing people to God's Word. Um, the problem that we are having is that many, many Christians seem to be buying into this agenda. So the question that I've been asking myself is, why is this happening? When you see the video clip at the end of the sermon, you'll, you'll, you'll realize why I'm asking the question, why is this happening? How can... Someone tells someone to do something that is so ludicrous and unbiblical, but they will do it. Why is this happening? Now, my answer to this is that it's because there is no truth. You see, if you do not have truth, you have nothing. And if your lifestyle is not based on truth, you are subject to deception. So, listen carefully to this. Correct doctrine equals a protection against false doctrine. It, it, it equals a breastplate of righteousness coming upon you. Incorrect doctrine is a susceptibility to false doctrine and no breastplate of righteousness. Truth equals no deception. It is as simple as that. If you have the truth, you will not be deceived. If you play around with the truth, the possibility of subtle deception coming into your life has already taken place. You cannot have true righteousness 
if you are not in the truth. You cannot be a righteous person. You cannot be a charitable person if you are not a right person, if you're not right. And your doctrine has to be right. Because if your doctrine is wrong, you are wrong. Now, here is a warning, okay? Warning sign, warning, beep, 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 warning. Beware of any preacher who stands up in a pulpit and tells you not to be concerned about doctrine. That man, that woman is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I will tell you that right now. Show me anyone who's done that and we'll trace him in his teaching and we will prove he's, a false, he's, he's bringing in falseness and he's bringing in deception next to truth. So that's your warning. Anyone standing in a pulpit and says, don't worry about doctrine, false teacher. Let's just look at righteousness a little bit here and, and we'll go into the breastplate of righteousness as well. And then we'll go into truth because you, the, two, the two are very, very closely linked. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now we've taught you endlessly about what the heart is. For those people listening on the podcast, your heart is your spirit man which is connected to God, and your soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your heart. And so the Bible here is saying, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from your heart. Now listen to this. What you have in your heart determines the course and quality of your life. What you have in your heart will determine your eternal destiny. So to protect your heart from all manner of evil, you need a breastplate of righteousness. <coughs> now, I want to give you this picture. I want to put two verses of Scripture together. I'm putting them up on the slide there now. The two verses of Scripture are these. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 14b, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Paul is writing to two different audiences, to two different congregations, and in Ephesians, probably one of my most favorite passages of Scripture, Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then in verse 14, the last section of it, the breastplate, put the breastplate of righteousness in place. Now, he writes to the Thessalonians and he says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. One of the attacks that you are going to receive when you, when you begin to live in biblical truth and when you begin to speak from biblical truth is this. Listen carefully. You don't love me. You will let me do this because you've got to love me. God wouldn't do this to me because God is a God of love. But they're such a nice person. They're so peaceful. They're so loving. You've got to love them. And so the enemy will come in and he will try and disrupt you speaking in truth, from truth, into a circumstance, into a situation. And that is the answer. The answer is you don't have love. Now here's something you've got to get into your mind and I'll give you answers to these guys when we come to the conclusion of the series on how to speak to these people. If you are operating in love outside of truth, that is not love. Hear me. If you are operating in love 
and it is not based in truth. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, what you are operating in is not love. Now, this is important to understand. So we'll go through those three things quickly. The, the righteousness of Christ, the of faith and love. The breastplate of righteousness, breastplate of faith, breastplate of love, all one thing. Now, the first thing you've got to understand about this breastplate is there is nothing that you can do to earn the righteousness of Christ. Okay? You can't work for it. There are no works enough for you to perform and do for you to earn the breastplate of righteousness. There are no religious laws that you can keep, uphold, and promote that will give you at a certain stage and a certain elevation, a certain level, a certain revelation, a certain initiation, the breastplate of righteousness. You cannot belong to a specific group with all your little aprons, with all your little tags and bags and, and everything like that. You cannot belong to any group and earn for yourself the breastplate of righteousness. And there is no such thing as a special revelation that you can receive that you will get a, a breastplate of righteousness. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 says this, The breastplate comes by faith and found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. It's really, really important for you to understand. This breastplate, for it to be impervious to the twofold attack, the primary twofold attack of the enemy, it has to come from Christ. It has to be his righteousness. If it is anything of your own, forget about it. You're going to get pierced. You're going to get deceived. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The second thing about this breastplate is faith. We have to be convinced in our heart. We have to believe, believe from the word of God that, we have, that, that what it says about the righteousness of Christ is ours. And so we have to accept it by faith. He said it, I believe it, I have it, therefore I walk in a position of having it on. So when people come and accuse me of different things, I have the breastplate of righteousness on. And believe me, when you start operating from truth, you're going to need this breastplate of righteousness. And you're going to need the faith to believe that it is yours and to operate from the position of having in it. There is only one way to protect your heart, and we need to believe what the Word says about us concerning His righteousness that He has given to us. And so the breastplate of righteousness has to be held in place by truth. You can't have this breastplate without truth. Now let's look at the last word, love. I love this. And I'm really, I, I cannot wait to start preparing the sermon to answer those people who say, well, you've got to have love. I say, yep, but come here, let me tell you about truth first and just bring out that little bit of a sort of, maybe just give them a, the, the, the side of the sword, you know? It's a little tap. 
But this, I mean, you, you, you just have to go and read this verse of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, concerning love. And if you apply the Scripture based on truth, from truth, from Christ, it takes on a completely different meaning. You see, people will come along, and because they're having all this kind of behavior issues, they will come along and expect you to look over them, sweep over them, wash them under the carpet, because you've got to love them, because that's what love is. <laughs> I've got another thing coming for you when I deal with that issue. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8, we look at about what love is. So love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, is, it does not uh, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love never pass away. I want you to have a look at this one in verse 6. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Ooh. Bang. You know? But you've got to accept him for what he is doing because he's just born like that. No. But you've got to love him. Love does not delight in evil. So remember what I said about Romans last week, how I told you and I shared with you how they, how they would come and cover up evil and exchange the truth of God for an error? Love does not cover up the evil, but rejoices with the truth. Look at verse 7. Love always protects it always protects. So yes, I'm not going to put up with the evil, but I will still protect you because I will speak the truth. And I will come in and I will apply the truth to your life because it is the truth that is going to protect you. And it's going to put you back onto the path. And so the breastplate, when my enemies come in and when my enemies come and start attacking my heart, my soul, my emotions, my mind, my will, my spirit. This is what protects my heart. The righteousness of Christ, applied by faith, prosecuted and executed in love. And so when the enemy arrows come in, now remember what I've taught you, arrows of the enemy will hit you, but the armor is designed to withstand the impact. So when they come in and when they start to actually hit you, the breastplate will deflect the hit against your heart. You see, love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. And when you apply faith to love based on truth, through the righteousness of Christ, you will always be protected because your foundation is Jesus. Now, the first challenge when the enemy comes in and attacks you is deception. He is the accuser of their brethren. The second challenge that he does is if he gets in in any way, or even if he doesn't get in any way, the second challenge is condemnation. Mind, emotions, two hits. What protects you? The armor of God. Deception on your mind condemnation on your emotions, and all of this to activate your will 
to make a decision to do something off truth. So the breastplate is that which protects you from here down. It protects this area, front and back. This now, this breastplate was held in place by truth. Now this is something that you really, it's really got to sink into you. You really got to understand it. Truth is something that is bound around you tightly. It's tight. It's tight. No belt, no breastplate of righteousness. No truth, no righteousness. It's really, really that simple. Listen carefully. If there is not a breastplate of righteousness, then your heart is condemned by the enemy. Your mind has been already deceived by the enemy. Your life is not reflecting the supernatural life of Jesus Christ. You are a religious person or becoming such and subject to deception. So just put on the breastplate of righteousness after you've done the belt of truth. <coughs> now let's just look at the belt of truth quickly. Favorite scripture, Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Notice it is God's armor. So that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. I always, when I read that, I get that picture from the movie 300, where they, 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 they got the shield wall up, and the Persian army hits them. And even though they are going backwards, they are still standing. They've not collapsed backwards. And once the force of the enemy has stopped, they have stood, and now they stand, and now they step forward. And that's where I, I, I love, I love I, that's the picture I get whenever I read that. Now, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. You have to put it on. It's there. You have to put it on. And the belt is the first thing that you have to apply to yourself. Because it is the belt that holds the breastplate in place and on which you attach the sword. Now look at the, look at the next slide of Ephesians 6.14. I've got three translations up there. New King James, the NIV, and the Amplified. Just look at that for comparison. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. NIV, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And then the Amplified, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. Okay, so notice that. It is, you have to grab hold of the stuff. You have to grab hold of the truth. You have to buckle it around tightly. It's got to be tight around your waist, around your body. Because from there, you can attach the breastplate of integrity, moral rectitude, and right standing with God. Now, if we have a look at the truth here, what, what is this truth? This truth is a, an application of Christ in you, through you, as it relates to your relationship before God and your relationship to other people. 
the practical application of, of, of how, how does God see you? How do you see yourself? How does the world see you? It means that you as a Christian are not a Christian that plays games. When you put this belt on, it signifies that you mean in business. This is what I see. This is my personal thing. It means that I'm not going to get deceived because I'm applying the truth of the Word of God into my life. It means that I'm going to be honest with God on every aspect of my life. It means I'm going to be honest with God with relation to you, and it means I'm going to be honest and open with God when God speaks to me and deals with issues in my life. Now contrast that to the enemy's number one tactic against you, deception. The enemy will come in and he'll start to question the motives of God as it relates to you. He will start to question the accuracy of truth that God has given to you. He will start to look at some of the truth that God has given you. And we see, we've seen this when he de dealt with Eve in the Garden of Eden. He will look at the truth that he gave to her and he will start to fiddle around and mess around with the truth in her head. Deception. And then he'll come along and he'll start twisting the truth just a little bit. He'll be putting error next to that truth or he'll start to take the truth off Jesus. All these methods I've shown you in the series thus far. We might attend an odd worship service on a Sunday. We might occasionally read the, the Word of God. This is the average Christian. We might sporadically fire off a prayer to God when we're in a point of need. But the problem is we will allow the media of the world and the outlets of the world and the educational systems of the world to impact our lifestyle. We will tell them, we will allow them to show us how we need to think, how to feel. That we, we will allow the world to, to train us into seeing how we are worth, what we are worth what our value system is, how to live our lifestyle, define our marriage relationships, define other relationships, how to raise our children, how to treat our spouse, how to handle money. And, and eventually we'll get to a stage where you put a Christian standing next to someone in the world and we will not be able to discern the difference between the two of them. And why is this fact? Why do we talk like them? Why do we act like them? Why do we live like them? Why? Because we are in the process of being deceived. Why? Because the belt is either not on us or it's hanging loosely off us, which is making the breastplate shift. And then we become subject to deception because the enemy will come in and will attack us. Now, here's the, here's the thing about deception. Listen carefully because I'm going to ask you a question when I show you the video clips. And we've got about 20 minutes of video clips that I'm going to show you. And some of them are pretty shocking. Here's the thing you've got to understand. When someone is under deception, generally speaking, they don't know they're under deception. They don't know they're under deception. Because what they believe to be truth is actually a lie. Eve didn't take a bite of the apple thinking, oh, this is a nasty apple. She took a bite because she believed this thing was good and it was going to make her a little God. So you put the belt of truth on to neutralize the enemy's first attack, and that is deception. You put the breastplate on because the enemy's arrows cannot pierce your heart. If you can't be honest before God, you're not going to be able to stand. So it is the belt of truth 
if that is not, if that is not on, the breastplate cannot happen. The sword is powerless. It starts, being, it starts with being honest with God. It starts being honest with yourself. It starts with you applying the truth of God to every aspect of your life. It's about your relationship with God. It's about that honesty between you and God. And you have to put it on. You have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I recognize you as King of kings, Lord of lords, and I give you the right to change my life. I'm going to end off now. I'm going to give you some homework, and then I'm going to take you through what you're going to see, and I want to, I want to show you what you need to be looking at. And uh, then I've got a question for you. Now, here's your homework. I want you to go home and I want you to study and meditate on these passages of Scripture. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. And Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm going to read them through for you. I want you to study them. And then there's a specific sentence in each passage I really, really want you to think about, meditate about. And here's the, here's the thing. This is what I want you to do. When you are meditating on this scripture, I want you to start thinking this, how does this apply in my life? How does this apply as the belt of truth in my life? So let's look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. But when he who has chosen and set me apart even before I was born, this is the amplified version, and has called me by his grace, his undeserved favor and blessing, saw fit and was pleased. Now here is the underlying section that I want you to really think about. To reveal his son within me. To unveil, to disclose. All right? There is a purpose for that taking place. And the purpose for that taking place, I want you to really meditate upon it. What is the purpose of the unveiling of Jesus in my life? It's not to run around acting like a crazy person. It's not to get all my heebie-jeebie feelings going in church. What is its purpose? Now, for Paul, the purpose was to see that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. So he was going to communicate God's purpose and plan for the Gentiles. And that is why Christ was revealed inside of himself, in, in him. What does it mean for you? The second verse, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. Again, the amplified version. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. Big difference between looking into yourself for the Christ person as has as been promoted and people are trying to promote this into the church. But I want you to meditate upon that. What does this mean regarding the belt of truth and my relationship with Jesus Christ? And the final verse, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, amplified. My little children, for whom I am again suffering birth pains, until Christ is completely and permanently formed and molded within you. Go home. Spend some time thinking about that. Read it, look at it, and say, Lord, what does this mean to me? 
How is this reflected in my life? What can I do with regards to this? And so I want you really to push into those verses of Scripture. That's your homework. Next week, Carolyn is going to come in, and uh, the next sermon, Carolyn's going to come in and start talking about uh, the Word of God. And then we'll finish off this section regarding the Word of God. Now, what ha- the, 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 I'm going to do a section at home, so you need to upload this yourself as well. What happens when you take off the belt? Okay, now I want you to, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Okay. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that they will be condemned so, and, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. That is a frightening passage of scripture. Uh, go, go, if you want to correlate that scripture, go look at Romans chapter 1 and go and look at my little exposition in the last sermon that I did concerning Romans chapter 1.